I wonder if I could make it. It's almost getting to 8 o'clock p.m. And I am still a few more steps away from home to get to my computer to listen to CNT Radio's Cosmopolitan Culture Club. The best of the best music from around the world. Can't wait! I think I made it! CNT Radio. Making your day brighter, one song at a time. Looking for a sports podcast that covers sports weekly as well as gets you set up for the day? Check out Weekly in Sports with me, Scott McGregor. We give some shout-outs of the week to podcasts like this one and those who do them discuss the Blue Jays, Bill, Raptors, and more. To learn more, check out the Sports for Beginners Facebook page search sports for beginners looking for conversations on books and more as well as tutorials on using your favorite devices and applications you've come to the right place join us weekly on spicy techie where ali makara and sienna provide insightful conversations as well as useful tips and tricks to help you along on your technological journey to learn more tune in to the show and like the spicy techie facebook page search for spicy techie map this is the show i cover the world of broadcasting sports media and from time to time my favorite sports teams here is your host ali musa for Broadcast Map with your host, Ali Musa. Good afternoon. Welcome to Broadcast Map for Tuesday, 
October the 24th, 2023. I am Ali Musa, your host of Broadcast Math. And today I am joined by Matt Carey. Uh, Matt, currently he is a former uh, producer and currently doing some work with the um Lord with uh, the Laurier Golden Hawks. Matt, I really want to take this opportunity to thank you so much for joining uh, me on the show today. I really appreciate you taking some time. No, you're very welcome. I'm I'm appreciative of this opportunity and, and thankful. I mean, I haven't done anything like this since uh since I left 570 News, so it's great to get back into uh into the broadcasting world of things and uh yeah this this was always a passion of mine so it's cool to uh to experience it again so i really appreciate you reaching out and uh, wanting to you know feature me of, of all people <laughs> oh absolutely uh, before we delve into some some uh, deep dive into the broadcasting world uh, did you want to tell us about your upbringing growing up what was all that like for yeah, absolutely. So I I was born in Newmarket. Um, you know, fun fact, same same hospital where Jim Carrey was born in. No relation whatsoever, just the uh, same last name and same place of birth. But um, so yeah, I grew up or I was born there, but I grew up in uh, in Waterloo for basically all my life. Um, you know, went to to various schools locally, and um, when I got to high school, I you know, I, I grew up a hockey fan, to be honest with you. I was a, a major hockey fan, Toronto Maple Leafs. And my dad was a, a diehard uh, Montreal Canadiens fan because he was born in Montreal. So that's where um, that's where his love for the Canadians came in. And, and mine was was always Toronto. So there was uh, great, great uh, rivalries there. And my stepdad was a Toronto Maple Leafs fan as well. So um, there was uh, a lot of times watching the Leafs games. But then... Once I once I hit high school, um, you know, my love for football kind of took over, and I I wasn't the, you know, pe for people who have seen me, I, I'm not the the biggest guy or the most athletic by any means. So I unfortunately wasn't the best at football, but I was able to play it a couple uh, for a couple seasons in in high school, and um, yeah, I really de developed a love for for the sport there and. Um, during you could do during your lunch hour there was uh, an opportunity to kind of get on the the high, the the high school radio station if you will play music and and talk over uh talk over the the songs into the into the vocals or uh you know have some have some breaks in between but that's what kind of uh put my passion into radio and made me realize that that was something I kind of wanted to pursue outside of uh, outside of high school and oddly enough my uh, grandfather um, who passed away when I was uh, roughly six months old he had a broadcasting career after the the war so he was in radio he got more into the sales side of things but um, it's funny how I was able to kind of take that on and continue in, in, in radio and there was a lot of similarities between him and I you know his birthday uh, is October 27th. My birthday is October 28th. He was left-handed and I was left-handed. So there was a lot of uh, similarities and, and it was kind of a, a natural uh, a natural fit that I would go into radio. So after uh, I went to Blueville, 
So I was local high school. And then uh, once I graduated there, I applied to uh, various schools with or various colleges within Ontario, all about uh, all about broadcast radio. Is my first year um, into college. It always used to be a broadcast radio and television program, but the year I went into it, which was uh, 2006, they split it up. So you could choose either radio or TV, and I, choo- uh, I chose the radio route and uh, ended up staying local, went to Conestoga College, and um, went to uh, spent two years there, graduated there, and then they offered a, a third-year uh, documentary making and and broadcast uh, journalism program and that was a one-year program so I took that um, after so three years in college Um, but yeah it was a great time experienced a lot and uh, yeah just a a local kid still in in Waterloo Um, haven't haven't gone abroad or moved out anywhere but uh, yeah it's been uh, it's been it's been good So, like, now, what sort of, now we kind of get in here now to the, um, your radio career here. Did you, um, what got you to um, producing? Now, I remember in the, um, in the Pete Travers days, you were given some chances to um, host a talk show. So what was that? What was being on air like for you in a talk show sort of form? It was, uh, it was intimidating. I'll give you that. I mean, I was always behind the scenes. Uh, producing these shows and just to give some context uh, to the listeners what I did when I first got into 570 News I was a board operator for 570 News Chime FM and 106.7 Country FM and we would basically you know a board operator would be either there at night or on the weekends and we'd kind of uh, babysit the board make sure all the program was running. And if something went off the air, we were there to fix it. Um, so I was always behind the scenes, making sure the, the station was running. And then when I got into the, the talk show side of things, um, Jennifer Campbell and then Jeff Allen, uh, not so much with, uh, with Gary, but, um, uh, and then Eric got me on. So it was, you know, it was different when they feature you and they ask your opinion and you're on for a couple minutes and then you turn the mic off because you're done. Um, but to host an actual show, um, it was, yeah, it was intimidating. I'll give you that. It was, it was something that, um, you know, it, it's one thing to, to talk about, to, to have your answer, but when you have your own show, you know, it's, it's up to you. You have to carry it, whether you have guests or not, you have to make sure that you fill in that hour. Um, but I, I think I did one or two episodes or two shows and um, I, I I had a couple, you know, pretty, pretty good gets that I, I that I was excited about. I had Mark Cohan, who was the commissioner of the CFL at that time. And then I had uh, Chris Cluey, who uh, is a former he was a former punter in the NFL. Um, so I had those guys on and then um, had a couple other topics i can't remember what it was but uh it was good i i I really enjoyed it uh it was a lot of fun but uh but yeah to be honest it was it was intimidating it was nerve-wracking but once you get into it it was like it was kind of like riding a bike you're like okay i can get used to it i I like it 
Okay, so can you give us a little bit more? So the board op basically just, so they're basically there at night, right? And then they just kind of make sure everything runs okay. That's correct. So at 570, there's a lot of live sports or um, sports coming through syndicated uh, radio stations in the States. So it's a matter if it's Cam- uh, Kitchener Ranger games, you know, you're there hitting the hitting the commercials, getting the hosts on the air, taking calls for uh, the post-game show. So that's more of a live, uh, interactive experience. But for the most part, yeah, it was making sure the the programming runs how it should and making sure it's smooth. And if for some reason something goes off the air, you're there to fix it. Whereas if you weren't, somebody obviously has to run to the station and, uh, you know, put – go to the next commercial, figure out what's going wrong, or if there's a signal issue. Uh, I mean, since COVID, it's probably changed now where, um, you know, you can do remotely, you could be pretty much anywhere and, and probably be able to, uh, to run a radio station. But back then it was, yeah, you had to be in front of the board and make sure programming is running how it is. Um, the best thing, the, the most exciting thing was that there was a couple of talk shows, Ask the Experts on the Weekend that you uh that was live so you're running that and uh and kitchen rangers was always a lot of fun because that was a live experience and, and then back back in the earlier days uh they have the news wheel in the mornings and then in the afternoon so they had a producer that would uh also run that and that was neat too because you know that's constantly on the go you're you're always you know going to the next news story or turn on the and they the still, still do that they still do the the news wheel they do absolutely yeah it's just it's more the anchors are now controlling it themselves they don't have a producer that would be running it um a lot of that is now yeah the hosts or the the news anchors are the producers um but yeah so the, being a board up uh it really yeah you're you're in charge of the station at night and on the weekends making sure you know everything everything's going as it needs to be Right. So now, basically, now, do you have any, 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 any Jeff Allen stories or the late Jeff Allen stories? Uh, do you have any Jeff Allen stories? I don't have any that that come to mind. But I mean, honestly, working with him was was a lot of fun. It, uh, you know, he was a character for sure. There were there were times where, um, you know, you get frustrated because you're trying to. I'd help organize the show, plan it, and and make sure it, it, it runs how it should. And you know, Jeff, he'd kind of go off on tangents and topics would get dropped. They wouldn't go to it or he he guests would come on and you know you're trying to you're trying to control it this way and it would go another way. So um but certainly no there was a there was a lot of laughs with Jeff. There was a lot of fun times and um, you know, looking back on it, it's uh, you don't realize, you know, when people say the the, the good old days were, were back in the day, you know, in the moment, you don't you don't realize it. But uh, I, had a, I had a lot of fun with him, learned an absolute ton from him. And I mean, the 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 opportunity that he allowed me, you know, he, he trusted me with going on a show. And by bringing me on the air, so um, 
we had a good relationship for sure. I, I really enjoyed working with them, but stories, uh, there's a ton, but uh, some probably aren't even suitable for the air, unfortunately. But um, uh, he's, yeah, he's a character, but uh, it's, uh, he's definitely missed. That's for sure. So like now, um, so Anthony, so was he the same off air as he was on air? Uh, yeah, that, that statement is absolutely true. He, um, you know, obviously when people, people get intimidated, you know, wanting to talk to somebody that you hear on the radio or introducing yourself to, but no, he was, as you'd see him on the air and on the, uh, on Rogers TV, he was the exact same off the air. He was super approachable. He had, uh, he had the time for anybody in the world, especially with the veterans. He did a lot of time or he spent a lot of time uh, doing a lot of charity work with them. Um, you know, the Remembrance Day, uh, the shows that we did, those were all always a highlight because we got to go to the Legion and, you know, just see the veterans and, and pay our respects and say our thank you to them. Um, and you could just see how passionate and how much he enjoyed uh, I think he was even a, a, a special member of the Legion. They they really uh, they took care of him because he was really appreciative of of the veterans. So um, he was yeah he was absolutely the, the the same person that you'd see on there as off there. He's super approachable, just a friendly person, and and would always give you the time for a converse, conversation for sure. You know, I'll be honest, and I know we're putting this out there, but. Um, if he was honestly, if he was still around today, I would honestly do a con I would have honestly done a conversation with him. Yeah, I would I would have highly recommended it because the amount of knowledge and just even life experience and life stories that he would be able to tell you, um, you know, some of it is is you know, probably more than you even believe, just because how much he is um how much he's experienced and, and done it in the broadcasting world. He's, you know, he's, he's experienced. He's been, he was all around the country. So the stories that he'd be able to tell you, um, you know, you probably need a podcast for a week to, uh, to be able to, to catch them all. Do you think those see, now I don't know if you remember though, but, um, by the time like some changes were made when they when they had replaced Jeff and Gary with Eric, I mean you were there in that time. I was I think I don't know for sure if I was so I, I left for about nine months because I ended up getting an opportunity with uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats doing some video right. work. So yeah. I, I wasn't around the station uh for that, for the change, I don't believe. I think I left when they were talking about it, and then I came back uh, as Eric's full time talk show producer, uh, replacing Matt Head because he he used to be the the producer before me. And then, yeah, is he uh, in I broadcasting think, still? Matt Head, I'm I'm not too sure, honestly. I've uh, I've run into him a couple times, but um, it was always we we're always kind of you know, in the middle of something. So we didn't have time to, to, uh, to talk, but um, I know, I, I think he's still local. I know he's married has uh has a, has a kid now, 
But um, what exactly he's doing, I'm not too sure. See, and that's the other thing, too, that, you know, sometimes see, um, sometimes as people kind of, um, you know, either leave the industry or something like that, how, or, you know, you don't, you know, you don't know, you know, where they've kind of ended up or what they're doing next. And that's, I don't yeah, even know if he's on social. I'm not too sure. I, I think I had him on social, but it's, yeah, it's one of those things you, if you don't see them post for a while, um, you kind of, and then you see him post later, or you, you think about them, you're like, oh yeah, are they still on Facebook or Instagram? But no, you're right. It's, um, you know, just, just looking back on, because I, I was at 570 from 2009 to 2000 and, 17 i believe or 2018 either way you know you, yeah you do come across a lot of people and um it's it's the unfortunate way of or the the world of broadcasting right now especially um you know people would yeah. go to to different jobs within broadcasting but now it's becoming more of unfortunately leaving the industry just because of the the way it's shaping up where um, and it's a shame. It's a shame. It because, is. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, do you have any thoughts on that? Keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it is a shame because radio is in, it's an absolute blast. And the amount of people that, you know, just love the industry and love being a part of it, um, it's 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 unlike any other industry I, I i think i mean i haven't been in too many but it was you know i went into college knowing you know hey it's it's gonna be odd hours you may not make a lot of money um you know radio is is not a secure future and you may have to move to places you've never heard of up north just to get experience and it's it's one of those things. It's you have to love it because yeah, it is going to be a grind. Um, but unfortunately, I think that's becoming more of a true uh, sentiment now. Where just to even break into the industry or have it be a secure and stable job, um, it's it's just it's not there anymore because of the fact you know it's it's not a it's not a revenue generator. And a lot of jobs are just being amalgamated where, you know, they're combining jobs. And that was one of the big, big shifts from when I came into the industry to when I left. There was a lot of opportunity to, to move up the ladder where you could be, you know, you could be a, a behind the board as a producer and then you maybe become a host and then you can become a music director and then program director. And then eventually you're, you're managing the the station or you're even the news director for 570 and then you're you're managing the station but a lot of those jobs now are combined where you may have the technical producer is actually the morning host uh the morning show host who's also the program director of the radio station so you have potentially three jobs that are now one job and you're starting to see this more and more across uh, Ontario and Canada where morning shows are getting syndicated, which means 
you may have a morning show in Kitchener that's syndicated all across Canada where it's it's the same show under the, you know, either the the Rogers umbrella or the Bell umbrella or the different communication companies out there. And that's losing jobs because now you might have a morning show in uh, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Regina, and those could be all gone now because they have just a one show that's taking over. So a lot of jobs are being cut. Um, and, and a lot of jobs are, are being just basically combined and trying to be a man. If I was a kid right now, wanting to get in this industry, being in radio and, you know, that's, that's the dream. I'm not, I don't want, and I'm not trying to kill it, kill the dream by any means. It's just, it's an unfortunate time because it's the way of the world. It's, it's not a, it's not a, a safe industry by any means. It's an absolute blast. It's just. You know, it's kind of a, a risk reward type situation. Yeah, no, it, it really is. And if you read places like Broadcast Dialogue, I don't know, you probably, it sounds like you, you do read some of that stuff too. Yeah, the, absolutely. The weekly yeah. briefing that they, that comes out on Thursdays. Yeah, absolutely. I try to stay up to date within the industry as much as I can because, uh, hey, it's just because I'm out of it doesn't mean I can't still have an interest in it and and you mm. never know maybe one day i'll i'll get back into it who knows um you know never say never no nope. uh, but yep. but the fact is it's and even technology has changed i mean here we're here we are right now doing a, a podcast which if you told me when i was in college what a podcast was i, I would have been like i don't even know what you're talking about but and that's the thing people are now going into podcasting or youtubing or tiktok they want to be a social media uh, celebrities. So, um, I mean, but don't get me wrong. I do, I do see, I do see the reasoning behind, uh, the shift in radio, especially because the fact is there is all these music platforms that people can just plug their phone into, or just even connect Bluetooth in yeah. their car and they're listening to it, or, um, they're at work listening to their own music or, or, you know, it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot of ways that you can listen to music or your podcasts, things like that without having audiobooks? to turn on the radio. Yeah, audiobooks, things like that. And it's just, yeah, a great person once told me as long as um, there's cars on the road, radio will exist. Reporter, you're driving to uh, you know Toronto or going on a road trip, you're going to want to know the update on the road. You're going to want to know, am I going to hit traffic? Maybe I should do a detour. And I hope that sentiment stays true because uh, cars are going to be on the road for a while now. And I hope radio is, is around to, uh, to see that because it's, it's, uh, it's an absolute uh, fun industry for sure. And, and you know what? The other thing too here is that like, um, in all honesty, the Online News Act and the Online Streaming Act are going to do nothing. They're, you know, they're thinking here. The thinking is that, they're, that it's going to save it, that they're going to save the industry. And we're already seeing the harm that, it's, that both of them are doing. It, it goes to my point. It's, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate, uh, you're right, it is unfortunate because it's going to do more harm than good. And this industry is already 
seeing a lot more harm than good. And, um, you know, going on what I was saying before, the kids are going to go into college and take these programs. And, and that's the other thing, too. You're unfortunately seeing colleges cut these programs now because of lack of attendance. People aren't applying anymore. Um, you know, when I when I applied, it was it was a cutthroat industry to to get into college. It was applications were, you know, in the hundreds and you had to do a kind of an interview process with the um, with the head of the department and, and uh, the main professor within the program to, to basically get in the program because there was so much competition. And now we're, we're seeing a lack and lack of competition just because of the, the way it is. So when you start putting more rules and regulations into it, you know, you are harming it a lot more than you are doing, doing good. No, but see, now here's the thing, right? But it, it really is like, see, who, who are you, who, who, who are we going to blame? Who are we going to lay the blame? Are we laying it on the Trudeau government who thought they could do better by doing this but do you think that many people do you think care like say see because we could have an election sooner than people think do you think that the blame do, do you feel it's something that people are going to when they go to vote is this something or are these a couple things that they're going to keep in mind when they go to vote about this government did this yeah, yeah, it's interesting because I mean, obviously, I think the 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 government is always the scapegoat. You know, they're always going to be the ones to blame because it's the easy, it's the easy person to point the finger at. Um, so, I, absolutely, I think they will be blamed for sure. Whether people care enough, I mean, that's a great question. It, uh, you would hope, you would hope, absolutely. I mean, I understand there's a lot of other. Uh, aspects and, and and things that people can care about and kind of, you know, form their vote around. Uh, but there's always room for, for more, for more uh, points that uh, can form that opinion. So um, it's tough to say. Uh, you'd hope people care, but unfortunately, I don't know. I don't, it's, I, I, and, and and the crazy thing is too, you think people should should care about it more because the fact is, um, a lot of people who I guess like yourself, you know, you're creating a podcast, and because uh, you you have an interest in in the industry and you want to continue it and you want to, you know, dive deep into uh, into broadcasting and that's fantastic and there's a lot of people outside of the industry that are trying to whether make it or just have a podcast or go on YouTube and become the next big, uh, famous star. So you think people would have more of an interest because you have a lot of, um, a lot of people who are, 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 are kind of doing not freestyling, but kind of just doing their own thing in hopes it, it gains interest and, and picks up. So you think it would be something people would, would, you know, put more care into it, but Unfortunately, I don't think so. But see, here's the thing, right? I I honestly feel that Trudeau and his government 
they do understand and they do realize they're in trouble, not just by this, but by some other things, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, um, you know, they should definitely. And I think they do feel the the fire under their seat because there's been numerous, um, numerous things, whether, you, you know, you, you like the Trudeau government or you hate the Trudeau government, um, you know, you're for COVID, against COVID. Uh, COVID really divided a lot of people uh, back when in the height of it, and especially the truckers convoy, um, things like that. But um, yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of questionable decisions made by that government. Certainly, there's been some good ones too. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's there's you have the good with the bad. But um, yeah, I think I think they definitely will be feeling the pressure. And you're right; I, I do believe there will be an election sooner than later and sooner than people think um just because of the the way it's 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 kind of heading it, it's looking like that and, and look at it even too that i mean um of course see ndp leader jagmeet singh um the federal ndp leader i should we should clarify that that you know, you know, last week or a couple of weeks ago, you know, he survived his uh, leadership review. I mean, it was down, but some people are, I mean, there's also been some people are saying too that, that, um, that, you know, that he could, you know, that, it, that, that, that they could actually drop their support for the, um, with their, we can sort of call it a coalition with the liberal government, but I think that would be very, very interesting if that happened. Absolutely. And I think I think it was his lowest uh, rating getting back into the party, as, as you mentioned before. Uh, and this is his third term. So it is interesting. It will be interesting. And that kind of also, um, you know, makes makes it, it, it does it does it help the liberals because of the fact is, you know, are people trusting the NDP? Are people trusting the conservative government um, or is it just, you know, we, 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 we love to, to, to moan and complain about the government, but are we also then willing to change it? And I'm not saying by any means I want to change the liberal liberal government or I'm for the liberal government. I'm, I'm non-biased right now. Absolutely. But um, you have to, you have to look at, not a lot of change happens. We like complaining, but we also don't like to make change. So they could look at that too going, yeah, you know, maybe now is the time to, to call an election because we just may get voted back in because are there any candidates that are worth voting for? Well, that's another thing. But I mean, that's another thing. But ultimately, there's also been we could be in with a new leader a new liberal leader yep absolutely anything is possible that's for sure you know i mean there's certainly things that i think uh you know kind of it right in this case now let's uh, now turning to sports here um your overall now let, you mentioned off air there that you are um that you're doing some work with the uh, Golden Hawks of with the Laurier Football Club. I don't know; they're probably still called the Golden Hawks. But what what are your thoughts on how their season has been this year? 
Yeah, so this is uh, this has been a fantastic year, and um, I I've been doing this since uh, 2012. I've been a part of Laurier Golden Hawks um, back back when uh, in tw- yeah in 2012 I I reached out to both uh, Laurier and University of Waterloo, and just and I was a I was a younger kid. I was into football. I didn't have any university experience or coaching experience, but um, I know I'm kind of going on a tangent, not really answering your question, but no, 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 go ahead. Everything is allowed here. Go ahead. Perfect. Sounds good. So uh, I emailed them both uh, asking if I could, uh, I could help coach, uh, you know, just to be a positional coach looking now on, on that email back then, I'm glad nobody offered me a coaching position because I probably would have been terrible because you think, you know, but then you actually get into it and, I probably would have made a terrible coach. I'm a way better video person, but, um, but Lori reached out asking if I wanted to help out doing uh film for, for the team. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I've never filmed uh, football before, but uh, I, I can certainly learn that's for sure. Um, so that was 2012 and long story short, I've, I've had a couple of stints in with the Canadian football league as well. Um, but I've been with Laurier for this will be my 11th year, a couple seasons away. One was COVID. It got canceled in another year. I was with the, with the tiger cats, but ever since then I've been with them and I'm the, I'm the assistant video coordinator and also the digital media media coordinator. So what that all entails is uh, the digital media side. I run all the social media accounts for football uh, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, that's me behind the scenes running it, not necessarily making the graphics by any means, but, um, you know, that that's through, uh, through the athletics department, but I'm the one doing all the, the posting and that, and then the assistant video coordinator side of things, what that means is I, uh, alongside the video coordinator, we basically run the coach's video department. So all the practices we have a team of uh, video assistants who are basically all volunteers within the university. They come out and they, they film practice. So we're getting uh, a sideline shot and we're getting an end zone shot of different for different variations of, of the practice. So there's different periods that go on like a special teams period, a team period, uh, individual drill. And what that means is each position will practice, um, by themselves and the coaches will you know teach them different things so we're filming all these different aspects of it within practice and then i'm the one that's putting the film in so as soon as practice is done the coaches and the players are getting off the field and they're already able to watch uh, what they just did and then it's kind of the same format for games where whether we're home or away we're playing uh, or we're filming the games so we're filming every play and then we break it down at the end of the game and we put stats in. So uh, like I said, with the practice, it's not as immediate. We, we hope it, we'd hope to get there, but it still takes a little bit for us to get the film put together. Um, but it's shortly after the game, the coaches will be able to watch and the players will be able to watch and break down um, how they did or what they need to work on for, uh, for the, for the upcoming the next game. And that's the other thing too. We have access to all 
all the teams film because you know you need to you need to prepare and plan. So we get all the film from all the teams. So we're always putting those films, uh, those games in, in as well. That way we can break down uh, opponents for the coaches. So it's a lot of just it's it's not the the highlights and the 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 sexy, if you will, uh, highlight videos you see in social media. It's more of just the uh, the coaches cut we like to call it, where it's the coaches and the players watching it. Um, but to get to your original question, uh, this season has been um, one of the personally for me, it's been one of the most exciting seasons. Uh, we went seven and zero. We played Western last uh, last week. They also were seven and zero, and it that was basically a battle for the ages because that was the final game of the regular season that determined who would finish the the season first place. They'd get a first round bye in the playoffs. They get home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and uh, Western's quarterback and Laurier's quarterback were pretty much even in the in the stats uh spot so it kind of really also it was supposed to determine the OUA MVP um but unfortunately Laurier uh, lost the game so Western ended up undefeated first place overall uh, but if you look at the stats Laurier's quarterback actually did a lot better than well not a lot better but they he did better than Western's quarterback so it may have not the who won the game really may have not determined who's the OUA MVP um, but we finished the season seven and one, and now we're playing uh, Waterloo on Saturday in the quarterfinals uh, at home. So we finished second place, which is still fantastic. The last time we finished seven and one was back in 2016, and we ended up playing Western in the Yates Cup, and it was just over eight minutes left in the game. We were down; it was 40 to 19, and uh, so we were down 21 points, and we were able to come back, tie the game 40-40, and a last-second field goal sealed the eighth cup for us uh, back in back in 2016. And and we the only loss was also to Western. So this this season kind of has some odd similarities to that, and not to drag on, but um, this the past Saturday we were down 27 nothing at halftime. And by the end of the third quarter, uh, we were up 28-27. So we were able to to erase that deficit like we did back in back when we won the Yates Cup. So uh, it's been an exciting season. It's been uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun, and you know now it's playoffs and it's it's business. We're hoping to be back at London in London in in three weeks playing for the Yates Cup again. Awesome stuff. Now, what about now? Do you have any thoughts here on when it comes to sports media in Canada, or even Toronto sports media, or sports radio, Toronto sports radio? I don't know how much you listen now, but I know you do keep up with it. So, what are your thoughts on how things, how it sounds today? It's it, it still sounds. I mean, it sounds good. It's you know media is covered or sorry sports is covered which is the important side of things but i guess the way the industry is is a reflection of the coverage i would say where you know a lot of 
a lot of the big names aren't around anymore or because they're, you know, they're making the bigger bucks. Unfortunately, they're getting, they're, they're making, they're getting cut because they're making too much, which really also affects the, the coverage because you don't have that consistency. You don't have that, um, that, that, the trust in, oh, this is my favorite writer. Or this is my favorite host. There's been a lot of change recently and it, so it's a reflection in the coverage, I think, personally. Um, but there's also some some bias towards teams as well, which obviously has been a, a complaint for. Um, I mean, I, I won't I won't name the the station, but um, you know, if if you're a national sports, if you if you are basically, you need to be non-biased and if you're showing sports all across the country they're really focused more on toronto sports versus montreal or ottawa or out west um and which is a shame because the fact is that's how they're supposed to be and and you know if somebody out west is watching them you'd think they would be giving them the vancouver canucks or the bc lions the same amount of coverage and conversation that they would the the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Toronto Blue Jays, but um, personally, and I know, I know it probably would never happen. I would love to see more conversation about CFL. I know it's not the most loved league in the in Canada. I'd also even love conversation of of Ontario or uh, university sports, U sports, uh, more conversations and and more. Um, coverage on that but i know that's not going to happen because it's not as money making like college football is in the states um and even you know college basketball and, and even hockey the university hockey is big in the states so i, I wish it, there was more coverage than just the you know the the hockey's the the nfl even college football and, and hey i love college football i love the nfl I would just love more co uh, coverage that's local. And, you know, I know I'm biased. I'm in the industry. So obviously that would make sense coming from me. But um, that's, yeah, that's my two cents. But see, is the other problem, see, the other problem in my mind is too that how, and we will name them here, how the fan keeps making, keeps changing their lineup. That that's not good either for consistency's sake and to grab listeners. That's that's exactly it. That um, you know, that's that's that was one yeah, one of the points I was trying to make earlier. It's it's frustrating. It's frustrating because you know, as a listener, you you start hearing these voices and really, you know, either or love them for their opinion or hate them for their opinion or just you know, enjoy listening to that person. And six months, a year from now, they're gone. Now it's somebody new. And then it's like, ah, I don't even want to listen to the station anymore because my favorite host is is gone. Um, you know, that trust is gone. You can't, you can't, you're losing listeners. And that is the, you know, this industry is already kind of bleeding already. And when you just start making changes, so quickly and so often 
you're you're really you're not helping your case either because of the fact is you're not giving the listener what they what you know what they want kind of what they're they're hoping for you know they want to come on they want to turn on the radio coming home on their drive listening to their favorite host and when you just start changing hosts it's it it doesn't help whatsoever see anybody can say what they want about TSN 1050, right? But yep. you know what the thing that they've done is they've, for the most part, they've made cuts. Yep. But for the most part, they've kept the lineup consistent. Yep, exactly. And that and that goes to show you, you know, cuts are happening, but if you keep the lineup, you're going to keep listeners. It, Yeah, it may not be the amount of, of listeners you're hoping for or maybe the ratings aren't as as what you hope they would be um and i know ratings obviously play a huge part in it but the fact is consistency is is key and and to be transparent that was one of the 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 big issues when um when i was at 570 when they changed Gary and Jeff and they switched around to the afternoon and the news wheel was extended. Um, you know, people don't like change. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's one of those things that's a given people don't like change. And there was a lot of backlash from that as to why we made those changes. Um, and, and then you're right. When, when Gary and Jeff, um, they were no longer with the station and Eric Droz came in and, um, you know, I was still fe- uh, feeding calls from listeners saying, you know, what happened? What happened? Because you start to feel like you know the people on the other side of the mic and you you want to hear them. And when that when that changes, it, it you know, changes people's routines and, and people get into routines and they want to listen to it. So um, that was uh, yeah, that was a that was a breaking point for some people for sure uh, listening is the fact is change you know yeah i know and you know what they did and see what and see again they you know they they made changes again see to their morning you see they they moved uh justin and ailish to the evening pregame show and they moved they put uh um you know on uh, ben ennis and brent gunning on the morning show it's like you know, like why why make the change so soon like that? Yeah, and Brent Gunning is a friend of the show, but yeah, absolutely. And and that's you know, it, it's frustrating for the listener. It's got to be frustrating for the host as well because, um, you know, when you're shifting when you're shifting from different times, you're also going to have a different audience because you may have, um, you know, shift workers or people driving to work in the morning or coming home from the work. Or coming home from work in the afternoon, um, but if there's people, if you go in the, the afternoon hours, you're going to have a different crowd. And then if you go to the evenings or even overnights, it's another different crowd. So it's um, yeah, it, it's frustrating. It, it really is um, because I don't know if it's a matter of you know trying to trying to keep up with different uh generations you know you're they're, they're changing things for different generations and trying uh younger people for a younger generation or older people for an older generation but um 
I just feel as a society, uh, like ever since social media came out, our attention span and our patience has, and COVID really kind of killed that too. Our patience really has, has worn thin and that's kind of, you know, gone into people's decision-making where it's no longer, you know, Hey, let's, we'll give this a two, three year experiment. Let's see how it goes. It's, you know, six months, this isn't working. Let's change. And, you know, is, is that really going to help? Is that the, the answer? Absolutely not. But see, some, some are also kind of going, well, you know what, they'll just go to, you know, they'll just go to Sirius XM. Well, I've got the streaming package, but you know, so you can kind of listen to any, all the sports that you want. And you have these dedicated uh, channels like NHL radio, et cetera. Some people are just doing that. Absolutely. And once again, that doesn't help uh, radio at all. The, the mainstream radio radio, because yeah, people are going to go to serious. They're going to go to um, their, their non-traditional radio avenues to get that because yeah, they, they, like that person that um, they're listening to. And the other thing too is, you know, you could have a radio host that is on a radio station for, for years and they like, they get let go. Well, their competitor, their rival may pick them up and put them on their radio station. And now you have those listeners going to the competitor's sta- uh, competitor's radio station because you know, they they made the move to pick up the person that you you let go. So it's yeah, it, it, it it's mind boggling. Uh, that's for sure. It's it's frustrating, but um, sign of the times, I guess. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see how this. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of goes, right? It'll be interesting in a sense um, of um, where it kind of goes. Now, as we wrap up here, where can people find you? Is there anything you, before we get to where we, people can find you, is there something you want to know about me or anything you want to ask me? Uh, yeah. I mean, what, uh, what was it that, uh, that got you into radio or broadcasting? Was it, uh, you know, what was that, that one thing that really sparked your interest? Well, growing up, I always enjoyed listening to the radio, right? To talk radio. I always enjoyed the, Je- I always enjoyed, you know, Jeff Allen, the late Jeff Allen, and even the late Wayne McLean. I don't know if you remember Wayne, but the late Wayne McLean. Yeah. Um, you know, so I used to enjoy, I used to like, I, I used to enjoy just listening to their sort of their style. And I said one day, and I, and I had one day, I, I, at one point I had said to myself, I'd like to be the next Jeff Allen one day. And, and it, but then when I absolutely, when I later found out that the industry does not work that way, it got me kind of looking at some other things. It kind of looked at, okay, you know, so here's the thing, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I, I really didn't know what I wanted. So like, you know, I took, you know, I took a, a call center program, and then I took, uh, and then it was like, okay, what what's happening next? And then, but it, you know, and then I, you know, and then an opportunity also came 
for me because I have a, all this knowledge of using all my all my uh, devices. So I said, why don't I, I'd like to teach people how to do that. And I said, okay, let's, you know, and then, you know, the CNIB gave me those opportunities to volunteer and do that sort of thing. But you know what it came down, but you know what it also was is, but it, it was funny enough that I, that the broadcasting thing was still engraved in me. So then it was like, okay, you know, I still want to do it. I want to, you know, now I'm, I, I'm, I'm tricking myself. So although I knew all along that this is kind of where I wanted to go. So then the opportunity came with um, Connect for Life, which is a um, organization for uh, people with disabilities and accessible voice in broadcasting. Shout out to Melanie Tadio, um, founder of the program of the organization. And, and um, that came up in 2022. So I said, you know what, why don't I do it? And I, and the whole time I knew exactly where I wanted to go. And so then I concentrated on, you know, getting to where I am today. I always had this plan and this is what I fell through with. And I commend you for it. I, I give you huge props because, you know, when somebody has a dream and a goal, they don't, necessarily you know want to put the effort into making it happen and um you know you stuck with it and and you saw some um opportunities along the way and you capitalized them capitalized on them and and you didn't let barriers uh get in your way you know you made it happen and you know as much as we talk about the negative side of broadcasting and how the way the industry is you know th this the other side there is a positive to it for sure with the podcasting, with YouTubing, because it allowed you to start this podcast and live out your dream and talk to some pretty cool people. And that is, that is awesome. And, and I'm so glad that you were able to do this because um, it's, it's, you know, it seems like, yeah, you, you've been wanting to do this for a while and you're able to, and I'm and I'm super glad that you uh, you have found the, the 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 right people to put this together and help you with it. So uh, I commend you for that for sure. Awesome stuff. Yeah. No, thank you so much for those kind words. That that means a lot. You see, and even the people that I've had on, that you know, we any any you want to highlight? Uh, I think the, the give a the, few here. Yeah, the biggest highlight would be would be Eric. Eric Drozd, um, you know, I was, I was part-time for, for a lot of the time I worked at the radio station, but my first full-time opportunity was to be uh, the technical producer for the Eric Drozd show. And, you know, he, he entrusted me to, uh, to be able to run his show and gave me that opportunity um, that I was looking for. Uh, just a, a full-time opportunity within the industry and, and he allowed me it and um you know it's uh i'm glad that he was able to to live out his dream now of being a cop uh, i know we had numerous conversations about his aspirations to be in the the policing industry and um you know i know when he was working late nights back in the day he was doing security and he was always wanting to do uh, radio so it's kind of ironic when he finally got into radio he uh he then wanted to to get into policing but um, i'm glad he was able to get into the industry 
um, that he's he's been wanting to and, and experience both. I mean, um, it's kind of like the same sentiment for me. I, I got to experience radio, and, and I said before, never say never. Maybe I'll, I'll be back in it one day. Who knows? But um, Eric uh, is, an, is a great, great guy. Uh, we stay in touch here and there. Um, we'll have to definitely get together at some point and kind of reminisce about the good old days. But, but yeah, Eric, uh, he's definitely the one that I need to to shout out because uh, without him, you know, who knows where I, I would have been within the industry. So he's uh, he's a huge, huge asset to me. And, um, yeah, there's I, – I often uh, – I don't know if he remembers this. He probably does. Um, one quick story. We, uh, it would have been, yeah, I think it was October 28th. We, uh, we ended up going to, I think it was, I forget what, it was near Conestoga College. There's a, there's a historic house. I don't know if there's a Joseph Schneider house. Either way, um, we always talked about doing a, like a, going to a haunted place and just seeing if, spirits come out so we got the opportunity him and i uh right before halloween i forget what year it was but uh we went to that house and we stayed there till about three three or four in the morning and um there was nothing confirmed but one of the times uh, we had they had to have an employee obviously stay with us for security purposes so she was up top uh just in the office hanging out and me and Eric were on the main floor and we were just, we were just silent, just kind of like taking it all in and seeing if, if something would happen. And then it sounded like somebody was moving a box or opening up a box in the, uh, the room next to us. And we both kind of looked at each other and we asked out for the employee and she called out from upstairs and we're like, okay, wait but who's in that room and we walked in and nobody was in the room so um that was uh that was a little spooky it was because of the fact is you know we're like is it a ghost is it not a ghost we don't know but uh it certainly kind of made me a believer that spirits are out there and you know i mean i guess with halloween coming up it's only fitting to talk a little spooky spooky season so um but that was, yeah, that was one of the highlights working with Eric. And then we also did a, a snow shoveling campaign, too, to raise money for local hockey. And that was cool, too, because him and I just going around shoveling people's driveways. Um, I think it was called, I forget what we, the campaign was called, but it was a, it was a great opportunity to, to help out a, a local organization and, and do some something was good. It, the, it wasn't the farewell for hire, was it? No, no, no. This was, uh, it was just Eric and I, it was back, uh, it would have been around like a February, March. So we got people to to contact us if they wanted us to shovel their driveway and we'd take donations for shoveling their driveway. And uh, we gave it back to, I think it was Kitchener Minor Hockey Association we donated the money to. Um, but that was, uh, that was a, a fun time, but um, it was always a blast on the air with them. And, you know, we, we certainly didn't agree all the time on, uh, on topics, but, uh, I mean, a little, uh, insight on the industry, you know, to make things interesting, uh, your opinion, what you say on the air isn't, isn't necessarily your true opinion. Um, just sometimes it's, it's, it sounds better to, to disagree than always agree. So, 
Um, there were, there were times where, you know, it was, it was for the entertainment purposes versus, uh, uh, true legitimate, uh, disagreements. Let's just say that. And how about, uh, is there anybody that you, uh, um, and how about, uh, Farwell? I mean, he was sort of around in your time as well, a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Mike Farwell and I, we, uh, we have an inside joke that we always say we're going to go have some wobbly pops together at some point. And we've been saying that for years. So we'll have to, have to, uh, to get out and, uh, and, and do that, Mike. But, um, in the meantime, yeah, no, him and I, I started listening to him back when I was in college, when he was the, uh, during the big Mike days at 91.5, the beat. And, um, and then had the opportunity to work alongside him at Rogers kitchen radio group. And, um, that was, uh, I, I was the first person him and I basically debuted the, the Rangers, uh, the Farwell Rangers show. So after the Ranger games, um, Oh, the post game, the, the call, the calling show. Exactly. So him and I, um, you know, we started that obviously more Mike, I was just behind the scenes, but, um, you know, I was the one that had the fortunate opportunity to, to start that with them. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's a great guy, learned a lot. And, um, he's another, just like Jeff, you know, he's, he's who you see on the TV and on the radio or listen to on the radio is, uh, is, is the person you'll see, um, in person, but even, even better. He's, I can't say enough, enough nice things about him. Um, you know, his, uh, he's his a kindness, patient man too. Absolutely. His kindness outweighs, uh, his height, that's for sure. He's <laughs> he's uh, he's a great guy, a kind guy, patient guy, and just uh, I'm glad to see he's doing well with the talk show. I, you know, I would have loved to have the opportunity to uh, um, to to produce for his show. Uh, I think that would be a neat experience. But I know Paul Harriet did that for a while. Um, he, Another yeah. friend of the show, absolutely, yeah, Paul Harriet. He. Him and I, uh, we go way back as well. He was actually my, so when I was a board operator, he was my uh, boss. Uh, and then he ended up going to country, doing the morning show, uh, producing for there. And then uh, Catherine Drake kind of took over um, for Paul Harriet's role. But uh, yeah, Paul's, uh, Paul's a great guy. Um, lots, lots of laughs. And um, I guess he didn't run the football pool this year because we were normally in a football pool every year. Um, so maybe, well, now that he's not at the radio station anymore, maybe he doesn't do it. But uh, yeah, he's a funny guy. You'll have to get him talking about Big Brother if you haven't asked him about it. Big Brother, the TV show, I think. Uh, and The Bachelor, I think those are two of his favorites. All right, Paul, uh, we'll do another chat. We'll do another chat. Reach out. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll connect with it. Yeah, so, and... um now and as we as we wrap up here, where can people uh, find you on online? Facebook, LinkedIn. Yeah, so I'm on uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, basically, you just search uh, Matt Carey, M A T T C A R E Y. You'll see me. I got a I'm decked out in Laurier gear, so you don't have to uh, you don't have to look too far uh, too far for that. Um, I'm on Instagram, M W M Carey. And then LinkedIn as well. Uh, I don't know if I, I if I went the 
legal name and I want Matthew Carey, but I feel like I want Matt Carey on LinkedIn because uh, yeah, it's so, Matt Carey on LinkedIn. Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn uh, as well. Um, so my current role, I'm, I'm sales and marketing coordinator for uh, for a local elevator manufacturer. So if you you find a Matt Carey um, with that, you'll find me there. And uh, I'm pretty active on social media. I mean, if you like if you like seeing a lot of football content. Or uh, I'm a huge uh, lover of monkeys for some reason. So I often post about monkeys, football. Um, so if uh, if that interests you or you want to uh, stay in touch with me, by uh, by all means, feel free to, uh, to connect. Awesome stuff. And you can find me on Facebook um, by um, just like the broadcast map facebook page uh just search broadcast map um you can also find me on linkedin um you can search for me um although you will find a lot of alley mooses before you find me but um uh, i guess what's the easiest way matt i guess just search for a broadcaster at broadcast map i guess that's the one you want yeah that's probably the easiest because uh yeah, broadcast map. They'll probably be able to find you there. That will differentiate you from the the other alley mooses. Right, and I wonder if I should adjust that in my name. I probably, um, maybe. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Might be. Uh, might be worth looking into. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Matt, thank you so much for uh, taking some time to join me on the show uh, this afternoon for this Tuesday, October the twenty fourth. Hey, it's uh, pleasure's all mine. Honestly, I, I, as I said before, I can't thank you enough for reaching out. Um, you know, when when I got your message, it uh, gave me that excitement and uh, you know the the butterflies in my stomach to to be behind a mic again. So um, I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Um, so thank you. It's been a pleasure, and we and broadcast map returns on Wednesday. October 25th, 2023, with, actually, we're doing a part two with Jeremy Travers, Pete's son. So stick around for that. And we will always remind, and I will always remind you, I am Ali Musa, joined by Matt Carey today. And stay tuned. There is always excellent conversations taking place. Thank you so much for listening to Broadcast Map. To learn more about the show, please visit http colon slash slash alitechgroup.wordpress.com slash broadcast map slash. Like the Broadcast Map Facebook page by searching Broadcast Map. Stay tuned. There is always excellent conversation on the way.